from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Good morning, good afternoon. Whenever you're hearing this, hello, Chiefs Kingdom. This is our first week post-draft, and I just wanted to take a second before we start the show to say thank you for all of your support. I'm Ryan Tracy. I'm over at Rogue Analytics as well as RGR Football, and you guys have supported both of those things all offseason. I really appreciate it. Um, we finally got the three of us together, Seth, Chris, and I, to go over not just our instant reactions like you heard over the weekend, but a little bit deeper look at everything the Chiefs gained this weekend, both in the draft as well as the UDFAs. And as we have a tendency to do from time to time, uh, the three of us ran quite a bit over. So we're going to cut this thing into into two days, even though uh, what you'll hear in a second is us trying to squeeze it all into one. It just didn't work. So uh, we have a lot to talk about, and we're going to go uh, we're going to go over everybody that we can find all the important UDFAs as well at the end of tomorrow's show. Um, but just wanted to get that in now. Thank you very much, uh, and we'll get rolling right here. Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Chiefs. This is your post-draft edition, and we're going to be talking about all the Chiefs draft picks from this past weekend, as well as the UDFAs that they signed. A lot to talk about, a lot to uh, discuss, a lot of different players. Uh, So let's just dive in. And Ryan, you and I talked about Hardman and Saunders and Thornhill a little bit, uh, but we are joined by Seth today, so we'll be talking about those guys as well. Yeah, I mean, I'd say let's start right off the bat. Uh, all this drama that's gone on, Seth, what's your initial take on Hardman? Um, I, you know, when we talked initially, we, you know, I obviously said I need to look at the film. He's obviously fast. So I got a chance to now I've, I've obviously written a fairly extensive review on him on the athletic.com, which is of course reasonably priced for a low, low. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so I, I've taken a look at him and I'm much, much, I, I was very afraid. Um, I'm much warmer on the pick now than I was. I mean, I was okay with it, but I wasn't great with it. Um, now I've been able to see he does have absolute next level speed. Now, when I say that, the next question people ask is, you know, does he have Tyreek Hill speed? No, no one does. Literally no one does. And so we can't ask that. Does he have Deshaun Jackson speed? Yeah, I think he does. And that's so huge. And what I also really like watching his film, he seems to have a pretty good understanding of coverages even though, you know, he's working on it. And, you know, Ryan, I think you mentioned that he's got some false steps or some extra steps in his routes. But you see... Sometimes. But yeah, sometimes, not all the time. But you see the process there. And given the fact that I also realized that he played corner as a freshman, and then all through high school, he played quarterback and, like, in the secondary. And so he's only been a receiver for two years. And so there's a lot of room for refinement left there, and especially as a receiver at Georgia where, you know, they don't necessarily refine their receivers really (laughs) awesomely. And so I really like it. He looks to me like a guy who can contribute right away, especially with the ball in his hands. You know, a lot of those uh, uh, jet sweep action type things, those quick horizontal throws, um, running posts, goes, those types of things. I think he'll be able to get on the field right away and play plenty of snaps. I do as well. I wish, and you tell me when you find it, because I haven't had time to go deep into his his film. I just haven't seen him do the behind the line of scrimmage stuff. Shallow crosses and all that. Uh, awesome. Um, but I just haven't seen it. So when you do, please, please tell us all about it. Chris, what's your impression of his role? Well, I think his role is going to be very interesting this year because you look at their situation and Sammy Watkins cannot, I, we've talked about this before, but I don't think you can, um, expect Watkins to play all 16 games. 
So you have to have a threat outside. Uh, and he's going to be stepping into an offense where uh, he has the ability, I think, to step in and be maybe the number three target because you're going to be having Travis Kelsey and Watkins as your top two. Uh, and Robinson will get a chance, but I don't know with what Robinson has shown that he's going to be able to hold this guy off. Um, it's going to be very intriguing to me to kind of see how they use him this year because I think if you look back at what they did with Tyree Kill when Hill came into the league, I think that's how they're going to get Hardman involved in the offense, at least this year. Uh, I do think that they're going to try to expand it a little bit more than what Hill had. But uh, again, you know, you talk about all the things that he still needs to work on in the refinements. That's not going to be something that he's going to be able to do uh, by the time the season starts. So uh, it is going to be a work in process and or in progress. And it's going to be something that they're going to have to work on uh, this year, next year and in the year after. But I do think that there's a lot of uh, value to be had there. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. And I will say that the film that I watched, he ran predominantly from the outside uh, as a Z. So mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with that. And uh, whenever we find out the news, I think we have a replacement there. And there's been a lot of speculation in the last couple of days. Um, I haven't been online that much, but a lot of folks wondering, you know, can he compete for wide receiver three? And that's not it. He's he's the wide receiver two right now. It's whether he ends up beating Robinson out to learn the offense or not, as far as in my book. I don't know how you guys feel. Right. No, that's what that's how I feel. Yep. And you know, Robinson has had his share of struggles learning the offense and being where he needs to mm-hmm. be. Um, so with him, hopefully Hardman's the type of guy who sees there's an unbelievable opportunity here. Something an unexpected opportunity. He gets to go, I mean, any receiver. Any receiver would kill to go to the Chiefs. Yeah. And this is, I mean, it's such an unbelievable opportunity. All he needs to do is be decent to rack up 800 yards and, and six or seven touchdowns in this offense. And if he does that, his reputation through the roof immediately. Yeah. And so it's an opportunity. I can't think of another place you could be drafted with more opportunity for a wide receiver than where he's got it right now. I think you're absolutely right. And I don't think he's alone because when you look at their second pick in Juan Thornhill, I think we were both over a little underwhelmed when we compared him to Darnell Savage, who actually had above him on the board. Um, but I'm very impressed. And the number one thing for me when I look at safeties in particular, but DBs in general is how do they attack the ball and what kind of production do they get on the ball? And that's where Juan Thornhill really stands out. He was number one in this class in taking the ball away from the offense. Well, it sounds like I listened to an interview on Veach said that uh, Dave Merritt had Thornhill as his number one free safety. So, ah, uh, you know, sounds like they got their guy that they really wanted, and, and Dave Merritt's the secondary coach. So, right, obviously that's who he wants. Right, and uh, and, great, and, mm-hmm, and with them situation. saying right, and them saying free safety, I think matters. Um, they've talked about his versatility, but they've also repeatedly, I've heard. You know, I've heard them talk about free safety. I've talked about heard talk about center field. And so it could be that he ends up in the ideal spot for him. And if he's able to be 90 percent or 80 percent of what a lot of the fan base thinks and, and what the coaches clearly think, that'll be huge for the defense, because then they could potentially be upgraded at two safety spots this year instead of just at Matthew's spot. So it's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. And I thought it was I thought it was very telling that. Uh, well, actually, I thought it was very, I thought it was interesting that they went and called him a DB when they drafted him. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I was wondering because of his versatility, if they were looking at maybe not necessarily moving him full time to, to corner, but having him play a lot bigger role at corner. But that doesn't sound like it's the case from the interviews I've seen. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's one of those things where if you have to use him that way, okay, but everyone seems to be focused on him as a free to allow Matthew to do his thing. And the, here's the best thing about Thornhill playing deep as he did predominantly his senior year. But when you look at him as a career in college, we we were really excited when Marcus Peters got drafted, right? Because he came in with seven and eight interceptions and, and 21 PBUs, right? Uh, Thornhill mm-hmm. came in at 13 and 22. I'm sorry, 23 on half the targets. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny you mentioned Peters it, because uh, you know that Thornhill is going to be taking his number. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. He tweeted that today. 21 in college. Now it's the next step. Um, and that that's such a big deal. Ball skills on the back end um, and the ability to play the ball, contest the ball, close in. That's what, and we've talked about this in the past. That's what the Chiefs were looking for in Earl Thomas. Yep. They wanted a guy who could seal off that back end. Especially free safety, it's a huge deal. Yep, and so it could be a really, really, really big upgrade, really, really, really big deal for the Chiefs if that allows Matthew freedom to roam and gives the corners a little bit of extra cushion. For sure, and cushions what is really going to buy them a little bit of of time because what they did at their third pick in Colin Saunders, and folks, it sounds like he's Irish. It's pronounced like it's C-O-L-L-I-N. Um. They got a guy that did, in my opinion, what you have to do if you're not a D1 athlete, if you're not even a Power 5 athlete, to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. He went in there, and in his college career, he came in to the Senior Bowl, showed athleticism, Mm -hmm. showed intensity, showed that he understands the game, and he did the one thing that we've seen over the years guys from smaller schools not do. Colin Saunders dominated at his level of competition and that's what the chiefs are really banking on absolutely and i want to talk about colin sanders because i'm actually reviewing his film right now but i think we should probably take a break first oh yeah we just couldn't get it all done <laughs> the athletic matrix draft guide from rogue analytics is available now and we've got a special discount code for our listeners at checkout enter the code locked on to get your discount Go to rogueapc.com, that's R-O-G-U-E-A-P-C.com, and get the Athletic Matrix Draft Guide for the 2019 NFL Draft. All right, Colin Saunders, again, pretending he's Irish. That's great advice right there. That is, you were due, my friend. Um, (laughs) So that's good stuff. So Saunders, I have thoughts, which, you know, again, speaking speaking of being due, um, but these are, these are kind of cogent ones, Chris. So, uh, I'm curious, Chris. So you, they, they take Saunders. Did you know anything about him prior? I didn't know a lot. Uh, I had basically been following what BJ had done on, uh, the chiefs on chiefs.com and he had actually profiled Saunders, um, at one point. Did BJ profile all of them? I don't, I swear he profiled a lot. Uh, of them. I know he did Thornhill and I know he did Saunders. I'm not sure if he did Hardman or not. Okay. Um, that's okay, a great, anyway, that's a great question. <laughs> I was wondering the same thing earlier. I, I just hadn't <laughs> looked back to see if he actually did Hardman. Um, but I do think that it's, it's a fantastic pick. Uh, Ryan, and I talked about this. This is, I'm not going to call him a Chris Jones clone, but he's another guy that can step in for Jones and, and kind of give you the same intensity. Uh, obviously it's not going to be the same level as what Jones is, but, uh, I think he can grow into a great role. The thing that I find uh, very fascinating about it is, is you have another guy like Chris Jones in this defense uh, because he seems to be very infectious and very 
uh, upbeat and his attitude is, is very jovial. Yes. So it really fits, uh, what Chris Jones is. And I think those two are going to have a lot of fun together. I think they're going to have a blast. So Ryan movie, you know, you, uh, Chris compared him to Chris Jones, which I mean, if I'm remembering Chris hates Chris Jones, which is weird. Oh, there's that. Yeah, yeah there is that. I, yeah, I, and, and Chris Jones, if you go ahead and, you know, you want to tweet it at Seth on this. Cause I know you follow me on Twitter. If you end up listening to this podcast, um, <laughs> that's okay. Go right ahead. Enjoy. That's like a Matt Miller you, humble brag right you, there. Chris has got to stick together. Anyway, so Ryan, here's what I'm curious about in terms of uh of Chris Jones, the comparison. What I'm seeing, Saunders is listed at six foot even mm-hmm. and three twenty four. So, but but let me ask, and again, I have my thoughts on this, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to mess with your thoughts. But he's not looking to be the Derek Naughty sub. No, I think, you know, I I think you can do that. Um, I think, especially to start the season, he'll probably be the third guy. Um, But I think he is more explosive than Eric Nadi is. Yep. I think we saw good flashes from Nadi, and I think he can rush the passer, especially as he gets into his second season, is more comfortable with the level of play of the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, But Saunders is more explosive. And right. he is, uh, he is able to rush from multiple angles. He's played everything from nose to wide nine in college. Um, and I think you guys have all seen the highlight. Yeah, right. Running back. Um, <laughs> great catcher at the fullback position. Just saying, just need 11 of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he, and he can do backflips at 320 pounds standing yeah. still. And, and you know, and it's amazing. like people always made fun of JPP, right? But mm-hmm. that shows a level of athleticism that you can't just get at the combine. Right. That's something above and beyond about perceptual awareness of where your body is and how to attack people. And I'll tell you this, I think his handwork is better than Nadi's is now. I really like what he's able to do. But again, you have to put a grain of salt to that because of the level of competition he faced. Right. Uh, but he was uh, successful at the Senior Bowl, and that says a lot against guys that were drafted in the first round. He was dominating them in one-on-ones at the Senior Bowl. And I do think it's awesome that he's a kind of a local kid as well. Uh, mm. I do think there's that, that's a pretty awesome thing because he's from – I believe the St. Louis area. So he's not necessarily Kansas city, but I mean, that's pretty close. He's aware. Well, and, and think about this, like you said about the jovial nature, um, think about him. And you, you remember Chris Jones was doing a, a presser or something. And Derek Naughty was behind him sometime last season, just like, you know, mimicking him the whole time. Right. The whole locker room's breaking up. Well, imagine there's three of those guys. Now this is, this could be a good <laughs> comedy routine. Yeah. Oh, and then you got Frank Clark on the outside. Right. <laughs> and so I, I really, when you watch him, and I don't know if you guys have looked at my Twitter feed lately, I am back and forth. I might write an article just about his time as a fullback in high school. I might. Oh, I think you should. I, I'm trying to think of how to write, like, I, I thought about reaching out to see if I could interview him on that just because that would be fun. Normally, I don't do interviews and that kind of stuff. I just do film. But, I mean, mm-hmm. have you have you seen some of the snaps that I put on there? I haven't seen yours. I I saw in the in the process uh, the one hander in high school. Yeah. Uh, I saw the little uh, the little wheel route out of the fullback spot in college. What? I mean, yeah, it's he, not like he stopped playing offense. He beat he in this stuff I'm watching when he's in high school. He beat a secondary player to the edge. Like mm-hmm. he outran him. And this is just one of those fun things. In case any of us ever think that because we were okay. You know, in in high school, we could go pro in whatever sport. No, you couldn't, because <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's so some much of, fun. I mean, you, some yeah. of his moves and his jumping around and he his cuts. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. It is the best. 
And that's a good spot to manufacture our second break because we just got going so long that we didn't really throw one in there. So we'll come back from this break and we'll talk about what Saunders look like on film. We want to say thank you for all of your support through this entire season and want to let you know we will be here all off season for you. This and every episode that we'll be bringing to you are going to be available every week, just like normal, all off season long. So thanks for taking the time. All of you new folks, thanks for leaving your iTunes reviews and everything else. We appreciate your time and keep it locked on Chiefs. But I really, so I'm right now just starting to sift through his film. And I started, here's the, here's the interesting thing. We talk about level of competition, right? And that's certainly relevant. But here's the deal. Western Illinois did play NDSU. And mm-hmm. you know what? If I'm going to watch someone against any school at that level, it'll be NDSU, especially a defensive lineman. Because NDSU consistently produces uh, well, I mean, you, I mean, you've watched them. There's a reason. There's a reason D1 schools don't want like playing them. Like, mm-hmm. the, I mean, they don't just, they, yeah, they don't. And they are a really well coached offensive line with potential NFL caliber talent on it. And so yeah. I've watched him so far a little bit. And so far he is, I'm watching this game. He is the thing. The, the he's the little boy with his finger in the dam keeping everything from falling apart. They are not running on them very successfully, and he is basically the sole reason. So I'm excited. Now, to be clear, he's not Derek Naughty. He doesn't have, what's the term, you know, sand in his pants or whatever mm-hmm. they call it, because Naughty is a brick wall. Yeah. You, you cannot run through him. Whereas Saunders, he doesn't have that same strength. You know, Even though he weighs the same, he doesn't weigh the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'll, t- I'll tell you the difference, though. Um, whereas Naughty can take on double teams, and stand his ground, like you said, the sand of the pants uh, scouting term. Saunders yep. splits yes. doubles better. He splits them. He is quick. Mm-hmm. He's got quick feet and quick hands. And so he might just be a weird-bodied three-tech. He's a three-tech trapped in a nose tackle's body, which is exactly what Dontari Poe has been for years, and people kept before his back went out. He was kind of miscast as a nose tackle when he was at his best, Playing three tech. Yeah, but when you look at Dontari Poe's film versus his, Saunders' explosion is is at least three levels above. I think he's got a little more explosion for sure. I don't know about three levels. I mean, I remember Poe's wasn't consistent. He had snaps True. where it looked like he could like. I mean, he he would have certain snaps. I'll never forget when he the 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 swim move that he put on Friedrich his second year, and when I was mm-hmm. just like, how does he not average eight to ten sacks a season? Um, but it wasn't as consistent. Whereas with Saunders, it's every snap. I mean, he is an exceptional athlete for his size. So I'm excited for him. Now with defensive linemen, I tend not to get too excited. If they can just be okay, that's a big win in my opinion. But it's, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. It might not be the best news for, uh, for Breland speaks, which I know sounds crazy, but speaks his best chance of getting on the field for a lot of people was sliding inside. I, you know, with, with what Saunders can do in terms of speed and quickness, he might be a more logical person to put next to Jones in the event of a run as well. And so that, that'll be interesting to see how that develops and how that affects some of the edge guys. I, I know you guys were having yeah. fun talking about him being a fullback earlier, but can you imagine? Uh, I know Chris Jones and him are going to have fun on the defensive line. Can you imagine Andy Reid using both those guys on offense in one play on the goal line? I can't stop imagining oh, it. It is it would be the I mean, greatest moment in sports. And since we, since how we much can't, fun is that going to be? 
We can't possibly top that. So we got to take another quick break so we all have time to take a quick cold shower. And that's when we decided that uh, a break will have to actually break the show in half. We have the second half of this for you guys tomorrow. It is a uh, a long bit. It's a bit longer than today was, to tell you the truth. Uh, we're going to cover about my idea about filling in about just the athleticism of Chris Jones and uh, Colin Saunders together and what they might have an idea about doing. I've got an interesting little wrinkle they could try there. Uh, Seth's excited about a running back prospect. And then we're going to get into the guys that may actually make this particular roster at positions that are thin enough that they were not selected, that they were UDFAs. There's a couple of really interesting guys coming in for camp that the Chiefs picked up after the draft was over. Really crucial thing. A couple of them always make it like Daryl Williams last year. We're going to talk about him and, and who stacks up. So we'll be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening today, and we'll talk to you then. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube. Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com. And all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.